this is the Life and Soul podcast by me, Emma Forbes. This year has really been a year. Amidst the madness, we've all had a time to reflect on what we most appreciate in life. I want to find out from some brilliant people what makes them tick, asking them what really gives them life and what really feeds their soul. I find out whether priorities have changed, whether they've stopped striving to do everything right here, right now. So please join me for this episode of the Life and Soul podcast. I'm joined by this amazing lady today that I've always felt an affinity to. We've always kept in touch by various means, but Marty McCutcheon, I realized today on a deeper, deeper dive into you, we have the same birthday. It's all about the 14th of May. Oh, 100%. I think that um, 14th of, of May people, especially women, yeah. I think we make the world go around a little bit if I do say so myself. <laughs> well, I think there's certain qualities and it does, you know, I. I'm quite a big believer in astrology and all of that sort of thing. But yeah. whenever I look at you or, you know, see your Instagrams or I've read about you and I want to chat about it because we've had a few similarities with things over the years. But it is those Taurian traits where home loving people, we're very grounded, we're all about love. Couldn't agree with you more. For me, it's what makes everything better. And yeah. And it's underestimated. The word's been kind of, it's got these kind of like fluffy connotations. But in actual fact, it is the most potent, powerful thing that can just make your world the most phenomenal place if you let it. And it does mean like being vulnerable and it does mean putting yourself out there and being brave. But the payoff is immense, I, I think, anyway. I, I agree. And I think that you've always been that. Like, what I love about you is that you are exactly, you know, on screen as you are off screen. You're totally genuine. You've talked about your problems, which indeed, you know, I have over the years. But you particularly documented a period of your life, like in your 30s, which happens to a lot of people, particularly people that have had a career where everything yeah. kind of slightly fell apart, for want of a better yeah. word. You know, yeah. depression. You didn't know what you had. I'm sort of intrigued that actually ultimately ended up you had Lyme disease as well, which isn't so common in England as it is weirdly where I am in America. Lyme disease is everything is about Lyme disease. But I, I think actually you even had it sort of earlier than anybody was even talking about it. I basically had always worked really, really hard. Life was um, exciting and brilliant, but work was, was very much my escape and my go to default setting. And I pushed and pushed and pushed over the years. And it's because, you know, childhood was difficult, had real issues with like the abandonment of the father, all that, all that stuff was what kind of fueled me to say, right, I'll show you, I'm worth loving. And I kept pushing, pushing. And I had kind of moments of my body saying, this is, there's only so far you're going to be able to push me. And because everybody was giving me rave reviews and the career was going from strength to strength, I thought I must be doing everything right, okay? You know, even yeah. though inside something felt off and wrong, I-, I knew that I wasn't dealing with stuff and it was definitely manifesting itself as it- as illness and there were flags along the way. So it started off when I was as early as in EastEnders when I got glandular fever. And after the glandular fever, my immune system was never the same. Um, but again, they said rest for so long and then I went back to work. And um, during my fair lady, I had a strep infection and they said, you've got ME. And I said, what does ME mean? You know, I'd been in intensive care 
and nearly died. And they'd found blood clot on my skull and behind my knee. And meanwhile, people were going, she's got to be on stage, she's got to be on stage. And it was really, really difficult, especially the people pleaser in me, because mm. I've literally been in intensive care and I wanted to say to Cameron McIntosh, yeah, I'll be on tomorrow. <laughs> That's how warped my sense of self and my boundaries were and my youth and all of that stuff. Yeah. So no one knew what Emmy was. So I had a coffee and carried on, worst thing I could have done. And then finally, my immune system was just so weak and I got bitten by a tick on Richmond Green in the UK and it just floored me, absolutely floored me. And thinking about it now, you know, I couldn't lift my arms, I couldn't walk, I couldn't wash my hair. Um, I had hot and cold sweats, I felt hungover all the time without the fun of the alcohol, obviously. Flu symptoms, bruised, and it felt like a living hell and this went on for eight years. And I had various tests done and I had strength to go and see doctors. And in that time, my mind just went to the, the darkest places that it can go to. I was thinking that I'd met the love of my life at a really bad time in my life and felt really bad for him. My thoughts of being a mum, which I knew would be such a big answer for me for so many things, but just seemed to elude me and I just didn't think it was going to happen because my body wasn't strong enough at that time to keep any pregnancies. It was too busy fighting off the Lyme disease and the heartache over and over of thinking, I've beaten it, no, I haven't, I've beaten it, no, I haven't, and losing life at the same time was just horrific. Mm. And it went on for a long time and I had to become really, really strong in my head because my body was a prisoner, of, you know, of, it made me feel like a prisoner and my mind had to be my best friend or my enemy and for a while it was my enemy I'm not gonna lie for quite a long time but then I was like no 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 this is this has got to turn around I don't feel like my time's up yet I don't feel like this is my destiny I don't feel like I'm done yet yeah. and um I held on as tight as I could and I kind of rode that wave as, as best I could finally I was diagnosed with Lyme disease two years ago and I just sobbed with relief. It's a bit like Emmy. It's a bit like lots of those things that, that, that really affect life, but that because they just have a sort of name, people don't know about them. They don't, they don't get, not the credibility is the wrong word, but people don't take them as seriously as they are. Like they are properly disruptive, chronic diseases that ruin people's lives. It, it's a horrible yeah. thing to have have they treated it or what do they do or is it just sort of something you live with for me because mine was at the latest stage um when they caught it there's an element of me having to live with it um yeah. for so long and i think you just have to balance your days you have to preserve your energy and you have to pick wisely you know what you're going to channel your energy for and the things that you really want to do and the things that you don't want to do and it's funny, your body lets you know, like it clangs when it doesn't want to do something and it lifts when it when you do want to do something. And what I wanted to say, Emma, was that you're so right that it doesn't get the credibility. And as a result, most importantly, like this can happen to anybody. Mm. Like, I know kids that have had this, that are in the middle of their schooling and then they're in a wheelchair and there is no support for it because people don't understand it. And I think the, the biggest destructive thing for me was that people didn't believe me. Yeah. Um, because it wasn't something they knew, so therefore it couldn't be real or I didn't look broken. 
So that for me was the hardest thing. And I do feel like for kids, especially that are starting their lives or teenagers, when they've been out partying and their immune system's a little bit compromised, they're very susceptible. And they've since said that the immune system is the make or break for you when you get a tick. Because if your immune system's really strong, apparently they found a caveman from hundreds and hundreds of years ago, and he managed to fight it off, and he was fine from what they've managed to find. So it's all about the stresses on the immune system now, like so many things. Like COVID. I mean, that's the whole big talk with COVID is the same thing. I mean, that must have been, I mean, are you more aware of being susceptible to something like that have you been I know you've been super careful I've seen you document on your insta stories the whole of lockdown and everything and you've been amazing because you've sort of kept you know I I I like watching you on insta story because we're sort of part of it and I feel like you know we're sort of in the same boat but I guess you must be quite worried to to catch that on top because that's another immune thing you need to be strong for. You know what? I mean, I have caught other things and there have been some nasty viruses that have gone around before that, you know, I've caught. And I do feel like, whether I'm delusional or not, I feel like I'm quite confident um, in the fact that even if it did happen, because of the viruses I've had before, some of them have been really nasty that I feel like I would be okay because I've got my immune system to quite a good place. And like I say, it's a unique thing. Lyme disease, it's not necessarily going to kill everybody with Lyme disease. It's not necessarily not going to kill everybody with Lyme disease. Like It's such a bespoke thing. And I do feel like this is going to be the whole like um, COVID thing. I think it's, it's going to be something that we're going to need to learn to live with. I think that like pneumonia, and like some really serious things that can kill people that are already susceptible. I think you just have to be as safe as you can, as sensible as you can, and look after yourself. But at the same time, I spoke to my doctor and he said, you know, if it makes you happy to get out, you know, the stress that you're going to give yourself. Oh, I agree. Being upset then squashes the immune system. So go for that walk, put your mask on. If you want to go to the supermarket, put your mask on. Yes, it's a risk, but to a degree, every day for me is a risk anyway. I think you're so right. I was actually talking to somebody about it last night. I said, I think the damage, I mean, I've always suffered slightly from that sort of, I'm a more anxious, worried type of person. But COVID, you know, took me to a level I didn't know I was capable of. And and, and I just think, actually, I've had to start seeing people a little bit in safe. I hadn't seen anybody. And so now tomorrow I'm meeting somebody for a coffee outside. And she was like, you're making such a big deal of this. And I said, I haven't, oh. I said, I haven't been anywhere since like the 11th of March. And she went, are you joking? And I said, well, no, I just sort of, <laughs> she went, we need to get you outside. And I was like, I don't, and I'm so overly excited. I am going for a coffee under a heater outside, but it is right. Cause it is all about having that mental, you know, attitude towards it it's so important positivity and I see you I do what you do I listen to show tunes in the car and I sing and I kind of do all of those things in order to kind of get go yay and I'm almost at my favorite season when I watch love actually on a loop I'm so glad you're going out and I'm so glad that you're doing it because your own world stuck in your own world even looking on Instagram stuff like that you can't beat the energy of people no, you and, can't. And I think also the mind, as you say, is such a powerful thing that that little things like I I mean, it'll make you laugh. Like I have this sort of pain by my ribs and I thought your mind starts to go under what that is. You know, I think, could that be Lyme? Have I got a tick bite? Have I this? Have I, I finally sort of rang my doctor. I said, can I, is it, should are you ill? I'm like, no, I'm not. Ill. I've pulled a muscle. I mean, who knew I even had a muscle there? 
what the hell is that? Because you're just like, you start, you start to become so closed in. You're like, I know. Oh, no. The thing is, is that every single thing, and you're not alone, like so many of my friends have been writing themselves off and that's it, I'm dead. Everything is COVID. And that's why I think like it's normal to worry. I think if you're, if you're a bright person and you've seen what's going on in the world, of course you're going to worry. But I also think it's really important that you, because it's new and because there's so much that's unknown, you've got to also realise that there is stuff about it that's good that we don't know yet. There's also exactly. stuff that's going to evolve and it's all going to be, you know, it's everything. We've had stuff, you know, excuse my French, we've had shit happen before or yeah. have shit happen again and we've yeah. come through so much. And I have to say, like, in the UK, I've been so proud of how resourceful people have been. Unbelievable. Like, they're finding ways to work, they're finding ways to see each other, they're finding ways to keep their head strong and not be lonely and passing on the love and neighbours checking on each other. I think that's been one of the biggest things, and I know that you've described, like, lockdown as being, that like, life was so fast, we never had time, and we've now got yeah. time. But you're right, the yeah. resource, like, my in-laws live in a retirement village, and the kindness of people and the things that they've been able to organise to do, and they 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 go to church, but on, on, like, a Zoom thing, with all of them sitting on sofas, and, I mean, it breaks your heart. I, I Some of those, I can't even watch some of those Zoom things whenever, not Zoom, but, you know, when there's masses of people all in their different locations, like the ballet, and... Oh my God, I'm like sobbing. And you're right, we've had time, but you've also had, I guess, even more time with your divine little boy, who I, I said to you before, I, I, I look at your little boy and you're obviously always biased about your children. I used to go up to people and say, how beautiful is my child? My husband said, you have to wait for people, Emma, to say that to you. You can't walk up to somebody and go, have you ever, I mean, I actually went up to the nurse in hospital when you're sort of wheeling them in those little cribs. And I said, I bet you've never had a baby as beautiful as this. And she went, no, no, we haven't. And Graham's like, you can't say that to people. Everybody else thinks they're there. I was like, I know, but I mean, but let me say, Rafferty is like a little angel he just looks adorable martin he looks so oh, thank you edible. and do you know what you've made me laugh because i'm the same i go to my mum mum is it me or is that kid just like a little earth angel and she's like yeah he's lovely martin we all love him i'm his grandmother i couldn't love him anymore but i don't know if you should be going around saying that let me tell you it doesn't stop my son is over on the west coast he sent me a picture the other day of him with his girlfriend and i turned around to graham and i just went i mean basically we've created perfection and he just went, Emma, I went, I'm sorry. I said, but I mean, look at that. I said, he is just, he is just God's gift. And, and Graham, if anybody heard you say this, now I'm saying it obviously on a podcast, but I just feel that overwhelming. There's something about, you describe having Rafti as, as the missing bit of the jigsaw, but they are, aren't they? They're like, they complete you. They, they really are. And for me, like I said, I knew, I knew in my heart I was meant to be a mother. And I knew that it would answer so many questions for me. And I knew I needed that unconditional love and to, to love my way and, and what I felt was the correct, healthy way and to put so much right. And, um, and also just to give this little life, you know, the best. And there's something so amazing, like you're so harsh on yourself and you see, you know, people can be so brutal to you um, in this industry. And I think it's been so lovely because there's, there's a lot of me in him. He's got his dad's curly hair, but he's got a lot of my ways and features. And I'm thinking, how could I have been so mean to myself? Because yeah. you, he's just so lovely and he's so much like me. And it's helped me love myself a lot more. I've been able to have this whole new, fresh outlook on life on and this innocent take. And I think he's another reason why 
I am really strong about the whole COVID thing. And I just think his generation and the generation above him, I, I think they're going to, you know, maybe again, I'm being, you know, rose tinted, but I think they're going to turn it around. I think they are the generations that are going to turn it around. I mean, you know, my kids are much older than yours. They've been so positive during COVID. They've kind of said to me, mum, you know, this is fine. Like, stop it. Like, look after the last Spanish pandemic. There was the roaring 20s. Look at how everybody then was, you know. And, and they're really positive. They've turned it into a good. I've been blown away, really, by how they've... It's actually sometimes, like, made me feel ashamed that I was low. And they're like, no, this is fine. We're doing this. We're doing that. Or we're going to think of how to do, you know, meet people, but this way, it's, it's very, but I also think we've, we've, we've got kids in a totally different generation to how we were brought up. So in a way they, we parent so differently. Children have such a bigger voice in families now. Like there's yes. so much more. I'm not saying that parenting before was bad, but, but kids now have a much better chance. They're so much more integrated with the parents. They can have their say, they can have their view, they can chat. I think yeah. it's very different now. It is different. I think it is different now. And I think that, you know, the one thing that has, has been a constant throughout is obviously the kids that are loved and nurtured and and, and treated as individuals and, and they're able to, you know, you're able to kind of nurture their strengths. You know, they're the lucky ones, you know, and yeah. as much as you might beat yourself up, you know, you've clearly done an amazing job because well I think you're, you're like me as a, as a Torian, we're real, we're workaholics and we don't do anything 65% or 75%. I think I can speak for both of us. It's 100% or we're all out. Like I'm all in or I'm all gone. And so yeah. parenting is the same. And I think it, it but, but they do teach you that actually you can only do as good as you do. You know, you are their number one go-to person, but you can only do your job as as good as you do it. And I was laughing the other day, because again, I often relate to things you do. You had Rafti, he was all dressed up, bless him, in this tiny little football outfit. And you'd done an Insta story. I don't know if you remember it saying, he looks so small and I've got to drop him off. And I used to call Sam, who just let me let you know, is now six foot one. But perfect. I used to call him. You're Tucker. right. He's perfect. <laughs> well, we already know he's perfection. But, you know, but I used to call him tiny because he was so tiny and I remember that too and I dropped him off and I think he's so small something how can I you know leave him at a football match and he now says to me mom you know you were the person I mean this will make you laugh I'm ashamed to say when he went to his secondary school they played a lot of rugby I knew nothing about rugby and he'd been in this cute little football team but I went to go and watch this first rugby match and in order to get to him as the tiny one on the very very far field I had to walk across all the ones with all the big boys who got like blood pouring out of their nose and sort of like you know arms hanging I mean it was it was terrifying and they're all grunting and this that and the other and I walked across and I turned around to my husband who's very long suffering let me tell you and I just said don't I just don't want to I don't want to speak just don't speak to me <laughs> I get that get to watch Sam and he's in this big rugby tackle thing like this and I'm looking at him and they're going watch your head, watch your head, protect your head. And I thought, I, I just became like, as a mother, I get like this sort of steel core that goes through me. And he yeah. came off afterwards. And I said, Sam, do you like playing rugby? He said, what do you mean? I said, do you like playing rugby? Yeah. He said, no, I hate it. I said, do you, well, it's really good. I said, so go get all your rugby gear. Yeah. And he went, why, what are we doing? <laughs> Put it all in a bag. I took yeah. it up to the sports teacher. I said, we're not, we're not doing that anymore. No. And she said, what do you mean? Should you need to come and meet me in the office at nine o'clock on Monday? And I went in and I said, I'm not standing on the sidelines and watching that. He doesn't like it. No. 
and I'm not doing it. She said, we've well, got to come up with another sport. I said, I'll find one. I'll find a sport. And, <laughs> and to this day, he's like, but mom, I might've liked it. I said, I couldn't, have, I couldn't have done it. I couldn't have watched you do that. I said, I would have, I would have been that parent that ran on the pitch and said, get off him. Uh, that would have been me. That's I completely, awful. like, I've just, everything you've said, I've lived it with you because I would be the And same. I'm not saying it because I'm proud of it. I'm just saying, I just can't help myself like that. I would literally run on the pitch and go, get off him right now. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I mean, God forbid what when what we what you haven't seen and what I'm not going to see. I mean... No, I mean, that's my, that's my only bit of parenting advice to you in this interview. He's not playing right. He's too yeah. much of a beautiful angel. He cannot go there, Martin. He can't go there. It's just oh, well, you know what? He was, I look back and I, I mean, I had IVF after him and that didn't work for me. So they've said like how you managed to have him um, after, you know, ectopic and miscarriages, like it, he's like, he's been sent to you by, you know, even the doctor said to me, he's been sent to you from above, like you're so lucky. And I do feel lucky. And of course I would have loved for him to have had like a sibling, not for me because I've got so much love for him, it's unbelievable. But yeah. Phil, you know, I'm like you, I'm a thinker, I'm sensitive, I'm thinking, oh, already I'm being morbid, going, when I'm gone, I want him to have someone, <laughs> blah, blah, blah. Um, but, you know, again, um, you don't necessarily, you're not always close to your siblings, you just don't know. And, you know, I think we all kind of have this vision. Yes, I was Little House on the Prairie, or Cheaper by the Dozen. I used to watch movies like that. Oh, and think, I love, oh, that, I love all of that. You know, I would love that, but... I think you can only do the best, you know, you just sort of do the best you've got. And he won't be any the wiser because he won't have had a sibling. So he'll be so no, happy in the way true. he is. You sort of, everybody's like, yeah. oh, you need to do a sibling. You have to have a sibling. And you're like, but says who? Yeah. I know I lots of very happy singular children. Yeah. I mean, I was an only child till I was 15. And I have to say, I loved it. I yeah. did love it. Because yeah. just me and my mum, then she met my stepdad, and I was kind of, my nose was put out of joint when I was 10 when she met my stepdad. I was just like, oh, so it's just not me and mummy anymore. And she was yeah. like, we're three musketeers. And I was like, no, we're not. <laughs> <laughs> this is not for me. So, um, and I've found that ever since then, if there's three of us, I always feel like I'm a little bit like I'm going to be the odd one out. And it's funny how it stays with you, how... Those, those close bonds when you're younger, like I was great one-on-one and I always had an amazing best friend who I would give my all to, like I did my mum. And I'm still like that. I, you know, I didn't know when I spoke to you what stage of COVID we'd be in. We may well be in this sort of weird state of mind till Christmas. Yeah. So what is happening in the household pre then? Are you planning to just sort of, you know, cosy up, decorations up or? I'm not, I'm not going to lie. For all our like positivity channel of that i'm not gonna lie it's time to get out my tits yeah. a bit now yes i would have so, i was hoping you were gonna say that because i feel exactly the same yeah I, i'm kind of like you know Ugh. a glass person and i've been really positive and i've been making everybody laugh in the household and going come on we'll get through this. Yeah. and now even i'm a bit like i'm over it i'm over it it's affecting <laughs> christmas it's my favorite time of year so i really don't want that to be affected because i think christmas can be a bit of a tricky time for people anyway as well as a wonderful time it's when you reflect and you think on things and you're thinking about family and i think more than ever this year it's going to be magnified so I think I just need to brace myself as you said get that steel strong core and just yeah. make fabulous as I can for everybody and that will make me happy and I'm going to have my mum over my stepdad over probably my brother and he's other half he just met someone new so he might be with her somewhere else yeah, but um yeah. Rafferty for me obviously is gonna he's five so he it's is the magic of Christmas he's he oh. is, five is like 
the magic year. You've got like, yeah. I mean, you can, you know, it's the- I've mean, got a few years left, maximum. dear carrots. Oh no, I kept it going for ages. Well, my mum was telling me Father Christmas was still real when I was 10 and everyone in my playground in East London who didn't mess, who were no like messing, they were like, you fool, you absolute fool. And I was like, oh, mum, like, and I was starting to look like a bit of an idiot. I got Sam to 10 and the only reason, because Lily is two years older than him, the only reason... <laughs> found out is that she kept thanking me for stuff in her stocking and I kept looking at her and she was uh, she was going thank you mum and I was going don't thank me like why would you thank me thank father Christmas like giving her like the evil eye and then I made a massive mistake and in Sam's stocking there was something that had top man written on like a label from top man and he went why has it got a label on it like it would in a shop and I said I didn't know that must be like sort of spare stock that Santa had that he didn't and I was like and he was like it's not it's not real, is he? I was like, oh my God. I oh, literally could have wept. However, let me tell you, they still have stockings. Me too. Emma, like yeah. my mum, I'm 44 years old. And my mum's right. like, please don't tell me you want a stocking. And I'm like, if we just do Rafferty a stocking, I'm going to get really upset. Yeah, no, no. I, like, I, I've said to both my kids, they, they say to me every year, you don't have to do me. I'm like, it's, it's a done deal. And they're like, what about when we're married? And I said, I will deliver them like Santa. I'll oh. still come like on a little. Yeah, I'd be the same. I'd so be... I, I'm, I'm with you. I sort of went into COVID, all guns blazing, kind of, you know, a little bit, I get a little bit like Little House on the Prairie. I thought, you know, I'll keep everybody safe and warm and we'll, you know, have fires and I'll cook nutritious food. I'm so overcooking. You know, oh. as we sat down to like the hundredth bowl of pasta with pesto last night, my husband kind of looked at it going, oh, this is, this is. I'm sorry. I'm and if I load, if I load the dishwasher one more time, I know. And I keep saying to Jack, you know, I'm not built for this. You know, I'm a showgirl. This <laughs> stuff is not for me, mother. Yes, but all this Martha Stewart stuff is just not me. And um, and I'm doing it, and I really begrudge it. And I'm like, I've realised what heroes full-time mums that don't have any creative outlet for themselves are. I mean. Oh. It can on another it, level it can destroy your soul. <laughs> yeah, no, it can, and it's particularly things like emptying the dishwasher. I actually found myself the other day thinking, I wonder how many times I've loaded it. Then I thought, that's a really sad thing. I wonder if it's over a hundred times. I wonder if it's over a thousand times, which I'm sure oh. it is over a thousand times. I, but talking I, of the creative industry, I mean, obviously yeah. that it's so sad because in some ways it's become so creative because everybody's done this sort of multi-screen thing and they've been incredible live performances, you know, all those sort of things. But on the other hand, I feel so desperately sad that it'll take a long time before things like theatre come back. And Yeah, and I do, I am getting a little bit kind of angry because there's no consistency. I don't know what it's like in the States, but yeah. there's no consistency for um, the rules here. So it's bizarre for me that I can go to Clip and Climb with Rafferty, with loads of kids with colds and sniffles, their nannies, they're their mums, their dads. Some have got masks on, some don't. And yet there are so many people in our industry that are so talented and they're out of work and they yeah. really don't deserve to be. And, and there's been talk over here about, you know, the arts may be like the least thing that they should be thinking about. And I'm like, are you crazy? Like, this is the time more than ever we oh. need the arts. People we need, need it. escapism. And whenever there's been in history, when you look back in history, you'll know probably other people have said it, Whenever there's been something catastrophic happen, people turn to entertainment and entertainment flourishes and becomes bigger than it's ever been before. You get a new genre of whatever it may be. 
And I'm really waiting and praying and hoping that, that, do, that that's the case and it doesn't get stifled and it doesn't get stopped because we desperately, desperately need it. And from even from my followers on Instagram, I get so many people asking me, what do you think? And have you spoken to Cameron McIntosh? And what does he say? And he's desperate to get the theatre back up and running. Yeah. We can do it safely. We can do it safely. Yeah. We need to try something new, but don't just cut it dead, you know? No, I couldn't agree more because I think it's it's just, it is what everybody needs. It is a bit like that. It's like Dame Vera Lynn going in and entertaining yeah. the troops. We just yeah. need, like, entertainment. We need that escapism. We need we need the creative industries not to die with this because I know, I know the difference is it's, you know, it's super contagious, but there will be ways to be safe. You know, testing is getting better. And you're right, there's an inconsistency here too with it. Because yeah. on the one hand, I looked in the papers and there was Tom Cruise in a mask doing his own um, stunts. He's he's filming. He's filming Mission Impossible 1000 or whatever it is. Right. And so it is happening in places. So they must have been able to get, because I haven't heard that that's rife with COVID. They're filming, they're doing it. They're obviously doing it in a safe way. Yeah, and I think morale so desperately needs lifting. I'm I'm ambassador MFL Hospice UK, and as you can imagine, sadly, yeah. you know, statistics of people dying is is you know through the roof. It's not very nice, but sadly, from you know, I speak to Meryl, the lady who kind of got me involved, and she just said a lot of people, the elderly, are dying of a broken heart yeah. because they're not able to see their loved ones. There's too many rules. They're frightened. It's the unknown. That in itself can cause complications and has caused deaths. And again, I, you know, when I when I hear that from somebody who's such a reliable source and is a no nonsense woman, she's really bright, really clever, amazing woman, and she she just said, you know, that this has to be. We have to find a different way. Like this isn't this isn't working. Their light at the end of the tunnel is to see their children, their grandchildren. Imagine your mum not being able to see you and Rafty. It's it's not. It's not good for people's health. No, I couldn't agree more. Well, as I say, I'm about to pull myself together like you and try and get into the festive spirit. Um, Boom. <laughs> I've just already discussed that November Christmas decorations could be going up a month early. That's one of yeah. my plans. I've got to ask you a few quick fire questions. Yes, go, go, do it. I'm loving okay, it. Do it. What gives you life? Oh, Rafferty. Definitely Rafferty. I think seeing life through his eyes and new beginnings, most definitely is Rafferty. What feeds your soul? I think what we said earlier, creativity and love. Yeah. Um, I think when I can preferably put them together, that's amazing. I love writing with my husband, performing with him um, and anything creative with Rafferty too. Uh, that, that's my, when I, yeah, my DNA sparkles then. And do you have a daily mantra? Wherever you are, be all there. Um, because I just think that you enjoy it so much more. I think it suits the kind of people we are where we're all or nothing. So I think so many times I feel guilty that I should be doing this. When I'm doing that, I should be doing that. And when I fully, really engage and enjoy what I'm doing, I'm so much more productive, I'm happier, and I'm more fueled as a mother. So I just felt like the guilt and the worrying was just, it just wasn't serving me anymore. And I, it's something I have to work at, but it's definitely my mantra. I love that mantra. How do you balance your mind? Um, I find that for me, I have a lot of chatter and conversation in my head. So it's very good when I meditate and also when I have um I love a Thai massage 
I just find that it just, you know, really makes me reconnect to my breath and makes me reconnect to my body and being stretched and all the acute, you know, pressure points and stuff. I just feel connected to me again and get back to the breath. Yeah. Love that. What can you accept even if it's imperfect? I think my health. I think that I accept that my health isn't perfect, that I'm not Wonder Woman. And I think that maybe it's been a blessing so that I savour the moment rather than being on to the next thing, on to the next thing, on to the next thing. So, um, yeah, I, I can accept it. I love that. Martine, it's been such a joy chatting to you today. I could chat to you forever. Oh, I know. I wish you lived to you. <laughs> I know. We'll have to do more of this. We'll, we'll, we'll definitely, yeah, you know, definitely, we'll definitely chat again. I'd be dragging you out like your friend going, come on. Oh, no, I would come out. And also because of, you know, Rafty, I could relive my empty nest syndrome by by being with your gorgeous oh family. yeah he'd love it he'd absolutely love it he loves being spoiled rotten well, I, well yeah. I, that's what I love doing I mean I basically with other people's children I'm just like point at that would you like that I'll get that for oh, you auntie I... Emma I like to be auntie Emma to everybody so if I meet him tell him he's in for a good a good moment with me but thank you so much for being my guest today because it's just been a joy and we will chat again I will see you soon 100% Thank you so much for listening. Don't forget to subscribe. And also, if you've enjoyed this episode, do leave a five-star review and you can find out more by going to buyemma.co.